Today I'm sharing the three big mistakes that I commonly see commercial real estate agents making. And I'm gonna tell you not only what the mistakes are, but some ideas on how you can avoid them, or at least if you make them, then make up for them. So stick around. Welcome to CRE Success, the podcast. Check us out online at cresuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now he's your host, Darren Krakowiak. Hello, welcome to episode 101, or should I say 101? Haven't decided yet how I'm going to move forward with that. We'll see what I uh, what I get into as we move forward of CRE Success, the podcast. My name is Darren Krakowiak. Really appreciate you being there for today's episode. I'm here to help commercial real estate leaders to develop their people and to grow their business. And if you are a commercial real estate agent or if you're leading them, I think today's episode is really going to help you because we're talking about three big mistakes that commercial real estate agents commonly make. And this is a question that I was asked on the spot on Sam Wilson's podcast recently, which is called How to Scale Commercial Real Estate. It was episode 602. And I've just got a snippet of that interview to share with you today because he asked me about the common mistakes that I see commercial real estate agents make. And if I had my time over again, I might have added one more point to this because I only gave him two points. I'm going to give you the third point that I would have given if I had more time to think about it right now. And that third point, the big mistake that I see people making is not investing in themselves. And I don't just mean investing money in self-education, but just spending the time to write down their goals. I've mentioned before that the simple act of writing down your goals with a pen and paper creates this intellectual and emotional connection with them that makes it more likely that you will achieve those goals. Investing in your own personal and professional growth, reading books, all of these things that I think we're often too busy to do or that we think we don't need, that is something that I would say is an opportunity for a lot of commercial real estate agents. To get us into the other two episodes, I'm going to hand over to Sam, who's going to ask me the question. When you go into a commercial real estate business, what are some common things you see maybe across the board? You say, hey, here's some things that people, if they paid more attention to, could get in front of that don't necessarily require somebody you like you coming in five years later and saying, hey, here's all the problems that you could have fixed a long time ago. Are there things that you just commonly see? Yeah, probably a couple I could mention now. One would be around people can be good at prospecting. So, you know, they'll do their dials, they'll set the time apart, but then there's the follow up and where people don't have the impact that they could have is through following up. And the research shows that you should follow up seven times after your initial outreach within two weeks. Now, a lot of people hear that and they think seven times in two weeks, like that sounds like a lot. Am I going to be annoying them? Well, if you're not going to get on their radar, then they won't know about you and you won't be able to communicate what it is that you can do to help them. And if you don't, someone else will. So rather than thinking about, oh, I don't want to annoy them, think about potentially someone else who's an inferior provider might actually end up helping them in a way that is not as good as I could help them. And, you know, people are busy. They're not just sitting around waiting for our calls. So we need to do something to get on their radar. And part of that is just through creating a presence through some consistent contact over a short period of time. And one way that you can do it in a way that is less sort of 
repetitive is to try different channels. So not just to try and call someone seven times, but to try and hit them up on LinkedIn, maybe send them an email, and also to do your prospecting in a way where you get one, two, or three touch points in at once. So you might try to connect with them on LinkedIn. You might send them an email and call their cell, or you might leave a voicemail on their office phone, send them an email and reach out to them on another form of social media, for example. So you can get in a lot of touch points. You don't have to do seven separate touch points. It's just seven touch points or seven contact points over two weeks. You can do two at a time, for example. I think that will make you more effective and stand out. People go, oh, okay, he's tried me here. She's done that. Okay, maybe I should pay attention next time this person contacts me or maybe, hallelujah, I should actually call them back. (laughs) Right. And that, you know, that's interesting. I think when you say that there is a little discomfort that comes in with that, because I think most of us are content to a fault to say, okay, I emailed Darren. Let's see if he replies. I don't want to be a past. Like that's the thought that we're having. But you, if you're like me, I mean, email gets buried. I mean, unless it's super important email, like I filter my email, there's probably a hundred unreads in there because they're all not important. And if I don't know you, Darren, I might be like, well, Darren can wait because he's, you know, he's not in the urgent, important category. So I don't know. Assuming that you're being a pest kind of relegates your position to something which is not important, right? right? So if you've actually got something important that can help them, then you're not being a pest. You're actually trying to help them and you're just trying to bring their attention to something which is important. So yeah, I know some people struggle with that, but I think that if you haven't ever heard anyone tell you to stop calling you, then you're nowhere near the line of calling people too much. So you're never going to get to the line if you don't cross it occasionally. So if you've never been told to get lost, then I think you can go a little bit harder with your follow-up because, yeah, some people are more sensitive than others, but for most people, they're just busy and you need to do a little bit more than most to get people's attention. I love that. I mean, that's true if you are a commercial broker. That's true if you're running an acquisitions team in a commercial real estate firm. That's true even on the investor relations side. I think about that. I mean, how many I'm sitting on stuff from 10 days ago that somebody shipped me a deal that I want to invest in. And to be honest, I just haven't had the time to get around to hitting the wire and filling out the paperwork and no one's followed up with me. It's like, oh, wait, like I've already told you I want to get in and there's time on this deal. So I'm also not pressured as the investor. But I think about that from an investor relations perspective where even, you know, hey, I've got an opportunity and we send one email. And I've heard this from groups I'm in, you know, like, well, I sent an email and I didn't get much reply. And I'm like, what did you call them? Did you send them a text? Did you, like you said, connect with them on LinkedIn? Hey, by the way, I want to follow up. So I think that follow up, you know, process you're talking about applies across, you know, a variety of disciplines inside the commercial real estate space. I really, uh, really like that. Is there anything else that comes to mind? You say, hey, there's some common mistakes you see. The other one I would talk about with you is in relation to personal branding and people using LinkedIn and, you know, they've got their profile and they're posting on LinkedIn. They think that they're doing enough from a personal branding perspective. But when you, you know, to be fair, if you've got an up-to-date profile and you're posting content on LinkedIn, then you are doing more than 90% of people in the industry. But to be really elite, you need to be posting content that isn't just I sold this, I listed that. Mm. You need to be really thinking about what it is that 
you do from the perspective of the person who you're trying to open up a conversation with. So really thinking about what's going to attract their attention and are they going to want to look at your stuff when they see it on LinkedIn or are they just going to think "Hmm, this person's just going to be talking about another deal that they did or not interested. So how can we actually talk in the context of the people who we're looking to serve, who we're looking to work with to open up conversations with them? And I think talking about you know, not just what we do, which is those deals, talking about listings, talking about accomplishments, but also why we do it, how we do it. So why we do it is about sort of stories of how we've helped people and why that was important. How we do it is kind of like documenting our day and just going behind the scenes a little bit to put a bit of context around the process. And then we can also talk about who we are. And people make the mistake of thinking that LinkedIn is a super buttoned up, platform where we cannot talk about anything but business. And if I don't talk only about business, I'm going to get in trouble. But you can definitely talk about non-business things on LinkedIn. In fact, it's a great way to help people see that you're not just another real estate professional, that you're actually a person. And to bring people in a little bit, and you don't have to make it all like a sob story about terminal illness or something like that. It doesn't need to be like that personal. It just needs to be, it can be pretty innocuous. It might be, you know what, on Thursdays, it's my day to take the kids to school. And we always go out for a a breakfast at the local cafe on Thursday mornings. And it's my favorite day of the week because of that. Mm -hmm. It could be, you know, I just read this book and I think that people in my network might like it because of this. So sharing things, just letting people in a little bit, I think can go a long way to building your personal brand or certainly go a lot further than just sharing posts about how wonderful you are or the deal that you've just closed. I like that. And that's something that to a fault I've been accused of, not accused, I brought on a marketing manager and that's what she told me. She goes, you've got to get a little bit more color you know, behind who you are and what, cause for me, it was all just business. It's like, Hey, here's, here's awesome interviews I did with awesome guests like yourself and here's deals and here's that. And she's like, there's nothing about you anywhere. It's just real estate focused. I will challenge you and also challenge the listener to post something more personal on LinkedIn and to see how it goes. And I've personally seen that when I am not posting about my business, I actually get more engagement. I get more likes. Now, we're not trying to get likes when posting on LinkedIn. That's not the name of the game. We're trying to start up conversations and to post content, which helps people get to know us. Now, the likes and the comments are just a nice byproduct, but certainly that is an indicator of how people are seeing your content. So the stuff that people like and engage with more often than not is going to be the stuff that is not work-related. And the other thing that the non-work-related stuff does when you post on LinkedIn, it kind of brings people out of the woodwork. And there are a lot of lookers and lurkers on LinkedIn who are looking at your stuff, but not liking it. But if you throw something personal in there from time to time, you can bring those people out of the work and they might just punch a like or make a comment and you're like, oh, I didn't realize that they were there looking at what I'm doing. And that can be enough just to open up a conversation as well. Right. And I like that. Tell me, I guess when I think about that, when I think about even social media branding in general, and this is probably a, a, an unfair question in the sense that everyone's going to have their own specific desired outcome. But what, what's the goal in all of that? Let's say we do build a brand. We do get engagement. Why do I even need that? It's to open up conversations with people up off the platform. 
That's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to create more opportunities. We're trying to attract people who we want to do business with by letting people know who we are. And in fact, one thing that I show my clients to do is is have a, a a profile headline. So that little line under your name where most people just put, you know, director of whatever company or actually put a statement which says who it is you help, how you help them and why. And what that statement should be is something that actually almost repels people who don't fit into that line, but it works like a magnet to attract the people who do. And it makes you stand out compared to everyone else who just calls themselves an agent or a financier or an investor or whatever it is that everyone else calls themselves. And people look at that and they say, oh, this person's for me. So it's a funnel. It's a way to identify opportunities and also for people to self-identify as being the right prospects to come and speak to you. I like that. I like thinking of that as a funnel. And I think if I'm going to recap the things you said, it's who it is you help, how you help them, and then why you help them. Is that right? It's what you do, how you help them or why you help them. I'll put that, those two in one category. Right. Um, so that's kind of like, you know, like a TV show, like Lux, Lux Listings or... So it's kind of like a self-aware version of that. Like, don't be as annoying as those people on those shows. But <laughs> right. hey, it's not just talking about the listings, but it's talking about a little bit of behind the scenes and, you know, what you get out of that. And then the who you are, which is the non-work related stuff. Right. Man, I love it. Thanks for listening to CRE Success, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode... Make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. For more information about the show, just check the show notes on your podcast app or visit us online at cresuccess.co.